Welcome to the 40K Lorecast. Welcome to the 40K Lorecast with me, John Barsati, and Brad Chester. This guy. Today, we're going to continue our coverage of what I would call a diaspora of stories. So if you want, Google it. Um, that, that, <laughs> I'll just say, ooh, yeah. what the, what the stories it. for that? So as we've been discussing how all these different stories intertwine with each other, all this is happening at the exact same time. The challenge for Horus right now is Horus needs to go to the Sol system and needs to kill the Emperor, which is the most defended system the galaxy or the imperial fists were there so now it's even it's going to be even worse yeah they and, they they took it they they spinal tapped it they turned it to 11 oh yeah <laughs> and so anyone who knows anything about warfare knows that that being the attacker is what you don't want to be the defender always has less casualties i made a note here about agincourt so that's for those of you who I'm, really love british history i was just about to say i'm such a dork in history <laughs> that yeah. i was like i know what this is yeah, yeah, agincourt <laughs> So <laughs> they're pushing the glasses back. <laughs> so Horus, his big push at this point is to disrupt the Imperium, to make it so they can't get as many reinforcements there, so that he can bring an overwhelming force and power through. He's going to take massive casualties, but he can power through all the way to his final goal, which is well. We, and, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. The problem with Horus sending his armies to do these things mm -hmm. is, oh, yeah, his armies are now infused with not just the power of chaos, but the influence of chaos. Yep. So everybody he sends to do something, oh yeah, I don't know if you mentioned the name chaos, that usually doesn't mean follow orders yeah. to the letter. Yeah. So I've been playing the game for in totality a decade plus, Brad's 25. Many, many more than that. <laughs> I don't know a single person plays Alpha Legion. Do you? We're gonna have so many people hit us up on this one. Yeah, because oh. it's it's been retconned and it's never been completely done on. The problem with it is that, well, I want to go there, but the thing with the story is, one, they've retconned it multiple times. Alpharius was originally the last one to be found, and then we found out he was actually the first one to be found. And he was always on Terra, but he was a secret agent. And then he's actually a twin. Yeah. So we have Alpharius and Megan. And did he turn to chaos? Did he not turn to chaos? Did one of the twins turn to chaos and the other stayed loyal? And the answer is yes. Yes, you can. So we're going to have to do a quick foreshadow to a future podcast of a group called the Cabal. We will spend a lot of time with the Cabal. Um, the Cabal are a... We'll dig into this later, but just understand there is a group of people. I think it, it crosses species that, that they're the Illuminati of 40k of the, of the 40k yeah. universe. Alpharius and his twin brother ran into them randomly and were told by the cabal. Well, it's a big deal on this because they give them the outcomes of the civil war, and then mm -hmm. they tell them to make a decision, which is the emperor will win if you help the emperor mm -hmm. and the Imperium will be torn asunder and it will be a never ending civil war 
nothing will ever work. Eventually out. eaten by chaos. And this by this meeting happens well before the heresy. They the the, the, the Altharius twins are aware. Altharius and Omega, and Omega yeah. know this. So their options are, like Brad said, the Emperor wins and humanity is eaten by chaos. Or Horus wins and humanity dies. But the chaos gods can't Die. survive because they need humanity. Because as much as the other species exist, humanity is the, the feeder of chaos. We that's why that's why these stories are so important with humanity. They're so interlinked. You know, Eldar only fed one god. They fed it pretty well, but <laughs> not only they feed it, they made it. God. They made it. Orcs, I assume, are soulless, and probably so are Tyranids. Necrons are souls. Gave their souls out. So yeah, you, if you're if you're feeding on souls, you kind of got humans and Tau, and I can shit talk Tau for a while, but I won't. So Alpharus and me are given this choice, and they actually decide that what the Emperor would want is Chaos to die, so they should be on Team Kill the Emperor. But they don't fully commit, though. Right. And this is where we go into, we're going to do another episode on it, because it's a big deal, because the argument has always been, did they actually turn to Chaos or not? Because if they turned to Chaos, they did a super shitty job about yeah. it. They warn multiple systems of what Horus is doing. Mm -hmm. So the Emperor... Basically, Terra learns of Horus coming to Terra way before Horus wants him to, because he's literally leading a campaign of disinformation, and Alpharius ruins it. And he also ruins multiple other places. He ruins supply places. He destroys different uh, planets that he shouldn't have. He I'll go ahead warns and give, them. give my opinion. My opinion is I think Alpharius and Omegon were actually in it for themselves. And we've seen this done in stories before where they were actually, their viewpoint was they were trying to save mankind while also helping Horus and the Emperor. It, 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 I view it as they did a system by system, conflict by conflict decision. And we'll go into one of them actually pretty shortly here with the White Scars. But well, yeah, they, they, they start trashing them and just from like, it within. Meh. Yeah, it went like meh. But we'll get into a bit, a bit deeper. But effectively, this, these guys are a little bit confusing because, you know, whereas we'll get into some later who really we, turned to chaos. Well, you also don't know did. which one of the brothers is in charge. In charge. Yeah. We also don't know because one of them is more chaos than the other, but you don't know which one that is. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a confusion up until this day, to be honest with you, as far as what they're going on. Yeah. One of the first things that they're sent to do is the Alpha Legion is actually one of the larger legions, too. So Horus is actually able to wield them pretty powerfully. They're the last season to be implemented. Yep. So they've also suffered the most, the least amount of losses. Mm -hmm. They've had the least amount of campaigns. They also are super butthurt about that and trying to prove themselves, There's which kind of goes into why they're, we want to show you we're better than everybody else kind of thing comes in. And Horus, with them, much like the Night Lords decides, I'm going to use the Alpha Legion to go and disrupt. That's what their job is. And they were, the weird thing is, is that the Alpha Legion is too many places, to be honest with you. They have mm -hmm. plot armor. They are everywhere harassing multiple other Space Marine Loyalist Legions throughout this time. They are literally season eight Game of Thrones jumping around the galaxy. And that one of the, and to what Brad and I were discussing earlier on this cast, where the warp distorts time and the Imperium is not really sure of who's on what side. The first real big blow up with Alpha Legion is actually with the Space Wolves. 
So the space, space wolves have just finished attacking Prospero. Attacking? They're, uh, just completely demolishing Prospero. Okay, thank you very much. I just want to make it, sure yeah, they're on in, the same page. Yeah, yeah, in the books, it's they're, they're licking their wounds and they're rebuilding. I'm pretty sure they were just drinking because it was the best <laughs> day they've, ever, they've had in a while. But anyway, the Alpha Legion shows up out of nowhere and attacks. And the Space Wolves are brutally outnumbered. And we were talking about earlier about not knowing friend or foe, the Space Wolves send out a distress call to the, the nearest Legion, who is the White Scars. Which the, which the actions of the White Scars does not make them a friend of Lehman Ross. No. Also, Lehman Ross holds grudges. He might as well be a dwarf as much as he Lehman does Russ is the grumpiest of the Primarchs. Oh, one billion percent. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's also really cool. So He's also a super badass. Yeah, he's amazing, but he's a grouch. So he reaches out, and this is the first time where Alpha Legion attacks the Space Wolves and just starts slaughtering them. The Space Wolves reach out, the White Scars, and the White Scars are watching this going, I haven't heard anything also, about it. Remember, about the, the Space Wolves also don't know that they're getting attacked. It's just their brothers showing up. True, yeah, showing up, and then but then they, they do start shooting yeah. at them, which well, is I'm a saying, pretty good sign of attack. Well, I'm just saying that, that you get a pretty good alpha strike when you go to shake somebody's mm-hmm. hand and then you shank them. Alpha would begin to attack the Space Wolves fleet, and the Space Wolves reach out to Jagate Khan's, help us, help us, we're being attacked, and Jagate Khan's saying, right, but my two brothers are fighting each other. Both of you were saying the other one's a traitor because Alpha Legion also say the same thing of we have to kill the Space Wolves. They're, they're traitors to mankind. And thanks to chaos and disruption of the war, they don't know the answer. So the White Scars just kind of mosey away like, hey, man, too bad. So sad. Dick move, man. Yeah, real dick move. Luckily, there's another Primark who's oh, not going to put up with this cr- this crap however and shows up out of nowhere and russ is super not happy about this yeah of course it, it, you know so it's the dark angels spoiler is the dark angels now if you're a v- extremely tough fighter who prides himself in his ability to just kill anyone you know who you don't want showing up to help you out the guy in the shiniest of the shiny armor the guy that you have <laughs> the since you've been born, basically, enmity of that you're trying to, not like you want to kill him. You you just want to do better than that. Yeah. Your brother, yeah. the shiny brother. Yeah, the shiny super brother who can do no wrong is the one who shows up and saves your ass. And like, the only part that makes yeah. it worse is that the lion's a good guy. So did the lion rub it in? No, not at all. He's just cool. Like, hey, I heard you were in trouble. Here to help out. I'm going to wipe out this Alpha Legion. And now you guys are cool or, or saved. Thumbs up, right? And then walks away, which makes you like, at least the Lehman rest, like, at least gloat at me. Make me. So we'll get into what Lehman does after this later. It's actually quite hilarious. So the Alpha Legion lose, obviously, in this attack to the, the, what, the Space Wolves. Have, have but to they retreat. do bail. They don't even lose that much. They just run away. Yeah. They, yeah. Once the, well, in general, once the Dark Angels show up, unless you're trying to die, you leave because that's the best way. However, Suck it, White Scars. You know what happens next? Oh, they are ruined. And we go to the White Scar Now, so this is why we're going to now segue into the story of what the White Scars were up to. So the White Scars, as we just discussed, 
just bail in the space while being attacked by Alpha Legion like it was nothing. Still a dick move. Dick move. And then all of a sudden, the Alpha Legion just appears, starts appearing around the White Scars. And when I say appear, around, I mean well, literally the, they, surrounding well, them. Well, that's the best part is they don't do any, do you have that down? Yes. Yeah, they don't they, do anything. They don't do anything. This they is just, the best part. Like showing up. I, I get again. I, I need to throw this up there. John takes a ton of time to really prepare for this. And we have tons of notes. And what I do is I try to just remember instead of looking at his extensive notes. And it is amazing. But the Alpha Legion completely surrounds them. It just hangs out in space for like around a them. a while. But they also don't communicate with them. Yep. They, they do a complete uh, blackout of communication. But they just hang out. Yep. And they, they completely encir- and they also slowly but surely encircle the entire White Scar's fleet. And you start getting closer and closer, at which point it, uh, communication comes through from Brad's buddy, Rogel Dorns. And Rogel, at this point, tells Jagade Khan, hey, there's a heresy going on. <laughs> Um, you, you remember that thing that you probably could have helped people yeah, with? A, a bunch of legions have turned on the emperor. I need you back at Earth, now. right? Meow. Like now, don't do anything else and come back to Earth. The interesting thing is, if if you really understand Alpha Legion, Alpha Legion are more spy masters. They're misinformation, like the best. So there's no scenario where this communication from Rogel Dorn goes through their outer fleet into the of the Alpha Legion blockade into the White Scars without Alpha Legion being okay with that. At this point, they've surrounded the White Scars and the White Scars get a communication through from Rogel Dorn letting them know what's happened. So at this point, the Alpha Legion attacks. They are, the White Scars are completely surrounded. Now, I, I did put a note in here that Brad is laughing at where I wrote, I have the high ground Anakin. <laughs> Uh, because technically, at this point, the White Scars should be doomed. They are surrounded by a superior fleet. There is nowhere to go. They are trapped. Now, what are the White Scars' super special ability, though, Brad? They are the masters of maneuverability. They are the fastest. They can operate the best at high speeds. And all of their ships are effectively made, just like their bikes, to go faster than everybody else's. And also... Just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. They're a Mongol horde. Yeah, let's just rip that off. So they can literally shoot accurately and engage accurately at full speed. At full, mm-hmm. it's speeds that you shouldn't be able to do combat at. A cool element about all of the Primarchs is they're also tinkerers. Every Primarch has certain things that make their legion better. Vulcan, obviously, with fire. I mean, his Melta and Flamers are the best. You know, uh, Gilliman with collecting taxes. <laughs> and having the most paperwork done. Yeah. Rogel Dorn on adding a second layer of Legos, the Lego Fortress. Everyone's got their thing. But the White Scars thing is going fast. So what no one in the outside of the White Scars knows is the White Scars ships are actually a little quicker and more accurate than every, every other ship. So as the Alpha Legion is coming in, they just decide... Let's kick on the on our super hyperdrive and watch this and just blast right oh, through the they Alpha don't, Legion. They don't even fight them. They just do something. Yeah, they just go like, yeah, we're going to go right through yeah, that. Like, yeah, that, yeah, you thought there was a blockade? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're <laughs> now on the other side of that blockade. Yeah, no ships ever between. We're going to leave now, guys. Anymore. So uh, if you were wondering Peace about out. where we're taking off to, it's it's we're gone. 
But the interesting thing here is that as Brad was talking about with, Al with the Alpha Legion is we don't know what side they're on. The Alpha Legion let this happen. Yeah. They 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 deuce out through this thing and go and the well, Alpha Legion goes. Because they could attack them at any time. The Alpha Legion goes. Oh, they got away. Yeah. So you never know what's going on with yeah. that. And as usual, because Primarchs are supremely powerful, unbelievably intelligent, the most powerful beings in the galaxy, and they make more mistakes than an after-school special. Yeah. So instead of going to Earth, Khan just rolls out to talk to Magnus. Yeah, because Khan des decides, for whatever reason, that I'm just confused. I don't know what's going on, so I'm going to go call my best friend and they were they were best friends so there's a, a every every primarch had a buddy some of them had more than one some had less than one uh i'm just going to lean in russ i don't think he had any friends <laughs> <laughs> i assume he had no friends and conrad but there was Lehman, no yeah, chance yeah. the difference is no one wanted to be friends with conrad and lehman wouldn't be friends with anybody so it's kind of the inverse of the two uh but anyway Khan decides he wants to go see Magnus, so he decides to shoot over to Prospero. Which doesn't exist. Yeah, he doesn't realize it doesn't exist, and that's just kind of awkward. So he gets to Prospero, and so now we're going to dive into the White Scar story. This is another really kind of cool story. Please take this story in. The way I like to take this in is we, as 40K players, we're looking back in history knowing how the game is played today. Imagine being... Khan and these guys, it, just like we were talking with Sanguinius earlier, you don't know chaos exists. You don't know this corruption exists. The world, your entire experience of problems are alien races and humans. Well, well it also makes no sense because this is, you've been hundreds of years with these guys and they've been the most loyal. Mm -hmm. They've had your back in hundreds, if not thousands of battles. So there's no chaos corruption. There's it's this is unthinkable yeah. that this guy is no longer your brother. Like, what are you talking about? How could he not be like, like of course he's there. So Khan arrives at Prospero and it just looks odd. He can't the the the, the surface doesn't look right, everything's wrong. And so they go to try and go down to the surface and they can't. They can't communicate down. They can't even get, they can't land. The, the atmosphere is, they're basically bouncing off the atmosphere. They can't put drop pods down. So he decides that the best thing to do, all I don't know, Star Trek in the 70s, is to teleport down to the planet that you can't see anything into. Just with, blindly, with, just figure with, it out. I assume a bunch, I know their armor's white, but I assume they had some red shirts with them just for shits and well, giggles. He also takes the, the every single person that's worthwhile in the command squad. Yeah, so we're all going to go down. And they go down to the surface of Prospero. Now here we'll take a little bit of a left turn and go back to a prior episode about the Warrior Lodges. Infiltrated every single legion with Warrior Lodges, which actually on the surface are amazing, but they corrupted all of them. Do you know who really loves a good Warrior Lodge? The Mongols. Yeah. So for whatever reason, a very obvious one, for, sorry, sorry. So for a very obvious reason, the warrior lodges are quite prevalent throughout the White Scars. They are maybe one of the more infiltrated legions in the sense of the ones who are unknowing. Obviously, the word bearers were really open to these things. But the White Scars just were like, cool, we have this thing where all of us who are warriors can sit around as warriors and talk with each as, other. Again, as, as equals. As equals, yeah. So they're, it's spread throughout. Problem is, the warrior lodges... With, even though Khan didn't know about the heresy, 
the lodges did. did. And so he's got so Khan and his, you know, retune Which of he leaders. teleports down with all of the traitors. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all of these guys are down there. They're down on Earth and leaves all the traitors up in his fleet sitting in his ships. We're going to get there in a minute, but you can imagine how this is maybe we've we, how this story could might be about to progress pretty aggressively. Yeah, things don't go great. So on the surface, Khan is met with an empty planet. The libraries are gone. There's, there's, there's hollow buildings. There's nobody there. He's wandering around a vacant world. Which is weird because at the time, this has been actually argued about. Yeah. Which is what is actually there? Because he does get attacked. Yep. But what does he get attacked by? Spirits, poltergeists, psychic entities. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that Prospero is all in the process of being pushed into the warp. Yep. So it is not fully in real space, material yeah. he space. Has, without knowing, he's landed almost in the immaterial. In the immaterial, yeah. yeah. And so that's why, and that's, this is why he couldn't land. This is why he couldn't get down because pro because the planet he was looking at both existed and didn't exist. Right. So so you couldn't land there physically. The issue with this is that now these beings are there. And I cannot we're gonna go with Psychneuian? Psychneuian? Ooh. They're just poltergeists. Yeah, let's go, thank you. Oh, let's go poltergeist, because this word is tough. I call it a warp hornet. It's, it's I mean a, you're not wrong yeah. about that either. But they're they're about they're basically psychic entities. Mm -hmm. of some sort are they warp entities are they the ghosts this is where the argument goes are they the ghosts of the all the people that got killed in prospero in psychic form are they basically demons of the warp but only psychic entities who knows who knows but what we do know is that bolters don't do shit to them yep and so this the white scars quickly discover that they're being overrun by this and begin to I'm not going to insult them by saying retreat. I'm going to say they made tactical withdrawals um, back. While doing this tactical withdrawal, Kosero Khan falls down a big hole. And not like a hole, not, not like a little hole. He falls like halfway through the planet. He falls oh. through a Acme comic Warner yeah. Brothers hole. And just keeps on falling, but no one's there to help him. For a long, he falls like long enough to have a self-actualization yeah. moment yeah it's it's the uh it's he a, has a talk with himself while he's falling that's a real thing i'm not making that up that's right he does. <laughs> that's so he just falls and falls and we'll get back to him in a minute but his legion uh are still being chased by these psychic entities i like a good story where just as the world's about to end someone saves them there is this lone thousand sun sorcerer who appears out of nowhere and just blasts these hornets he's also pretty distraught at this point in yeah. time yeah because yeah. he kind of doesn't know what the hell yeah. just yeah. happened yeah he so it, it, his name is arvida arvida we don't get a full backstory on him, but effectively he arrives on prospero after Prospero is no longer at Prospero. Yeah, and see, yeah. This dude has no idea what the shit yeah. just went his down. His whole army, everyone in his company that he just by himself. He, and he, he also just there is a, a psyker, so yeah. he knows that his planet's moving into the warp and doesn't know what the shit is going on. So, But he does. He saves all these all the white scars and with by just using some of the most powerful psychic you know, blasts possible. 
and the white scars immediately thank him by saying, cool, now we got to go find our Primarch. And he's sitting there going, I'm basically half conscious right now. Can you give me, I don't know, a neutral grain bar and a Red Bull or something? Because I'm not really ready to just go truck across the, 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 the continent. It's given that all of you are useless fighting these these entities, and the only one who's going to be shooting them is me. So you want me yeah. to lead jump you? Jump on my back, like Yoda. Yeah, jump on, on my back. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you where you want to go and kill everything between here and there. Seriously, can I just take? I just need a twenty minute nap, just a little power nap, and, and we're off. So, <laughs> meanwhile, though, we'll go back to Khan. Khan has finished falling through the earth, and has landed in a chamber. Any this story is like I don't even know if it's canon I mean I guess it is canon because it's in some of the books but like Khan I'm full on air again air quotes yeah. he meets Magnus but he doesn't meet Magnus he meets like spirit Magnus yeah it's a spirit of Magnus and and it's also like you don't know if this is the remnants of Magnus and because Magnus is basically pouting in the warp right now and is super sad because dad was mean to him and the brother that he never liked just snapped his back over his yeah, slaughtered him and all of his all brothers. of his and yeah. he basically had to be cajoled into doing anything about it because mm. he was just sitting there taking it and spirit magnus may not even be conscious magnus's spirit it might be it might, some, be, it might be a memory of Magnus. yeah it's, it's like don't... You, you don't know what it is but he does explain spirit Magnus. I'm in the spirit world, man. Look at the size of that chicken. Yeah. Khan at this point is Captain Confused. I don't know well, what's just, going he, on. He I don't know where gives I can go. Him, and Magnus just goes, right, Well, he gives him 10 pages everything. of exposition and just tells yeah. him what's happening. And Khan goes, oh, shit. I should have probably listened to Rogel Dorn and got the hell Get back the hell, to, yeah. to Terra. Yeah. So Magnus gives him all the fun details of, first off, Lehman did this, which is a dick move, but whatever. Um, but Magnus actually does take Please. fault. Magnus, Magnus, to prove all of you wrong, Magnus admits he did something wrong. wrong. He admits this. You can, but I guess to Brad's point, maybe it's a spirit, so whatever. Um, I still don't think this is actually real Magnus. I think this is a portion of Magnus's subconscious. You, again, Primarchs have they're so powerful that they effectively can summon avatars of themselves almost. That's fair. So Magnus also does do two important things for Khan to kind of catch him up to the rest of everybody else. He explains the warp to him and tells him that the warp is this thing that they've been going through is evil. And, and yeah, but also, you know, this thing that I just told you is evil. I'm totally using yeah, a I'm bunch in the of middle that of it right now. And also tells him that Horus has been corrupted. So Khan now is being told by the person he trusts most, although it's a spirit of him, so there's all that, that Horus is corrupted and Horus needs to effectively die. But then, for whatever reason, Magnus then tries to convince Khan to join Horus, which Khan is not cool with and just kills the shade and the shade explodes into a bunch of glass Blah, blah, blah. It literally blows up. Yeah. While this is going on, we're going to... Let's jump back into the Warrior Lodges in orbit. Which, this part makes no sense, to be honest with you. Horus warps in... Well, like, the Horus's fleet warps Hor in. Yeah, so it's, it's, Matt, it's the Mortarian's fleet that warps that, in. I'm it's, saying, but Horus... Yeah, 
they warp in because they've been contacted by the warrior lodges and the and Horus has responded to the warrior lodges. And, but also on at the same time, there's a whole bunch of fighting and crazy yeah. shit going on. Yeah, so the, the ships are in there's effectively a coup happening. I mean actually no coup is a, a fun word. There's a mini civil war happening. Yeah, there's a slaughter yeah. happening within war. within the White Scars, where a bunch of the, the members of the Warrior Lodges who are loyal to Horus. Because the Warrior Lodges are going deck to deck, yeah. killing, killing people and not letting anybody know that this is happening. And so this is the, the fleet itself is fighting. So then to make things even more fun, the you know Horus's fleet appears right outside all the all the White Scar ships. What, that's the Brad's point is, but no one knows there's all this murder happening on the ships. So a bunch of these white scar sh- fleets sit there and ships start appearing around them, jumping out of the immaterium and standing around them. And they kind of look like they're friends, but much like with the Alpha, Alpha Legion and the white scars earlier, there's no communication. Yeah, they, They're just sitting there. You, you have to make it, you kind of make up for yourself what's happening at this point in time, because are they waiting to see if they seize control or yep. are they, you know... But they don't say. So that's why I said it makes a little bit of no sense because they they didn't help the people on the board, the ships. They didn't hinder them. They didn't do anything. They, they just, just sat there and, and, and it's like they they jumped in to see, oh, there's a fight happening? Let's go see Let's that. just see what happened. Should we help these guys? Eh, probably, but we're not going to. With that, though, back on the planet, the White Scars and the their new Thousand Sun buddy, just him, now are fighting their way back towards Jagatai Khan. And again, they kind of get overwhelmed. This They only have one guy. In my, in my mind, him. so much special music shows up. And then, you're right. They're completely surrounded. They're and getting then, like, ruined. Yeah. And then Khan shows yeah. up. And 80s I'm music not, style. I'm not going to hum the theme song to Mortal Kombat, yeah. but effectively <laughs> that, get, that gets played. And out of nowhere, Jagatai Khan appears and kills Everyone. All of the demons. Every, just literally just, every Every single one of them. Because the one thing is that while the White Scars were not psychic, Khan, oh. as a Primarch, is. is. <laughs> and the only way to kill true demons within the Immaterium is with psychic powers. So Jagadik Khan and ruins his, all his sword. And he just wrecks shop. Literally, hair metal band from the 80s starts playing. And he destroys all of them. And so at this point, we're going to end up, it's still, we're going to start being transitioned to another Legion who has appeared. Now, out of nowhere, Juggernaut just killed a bunch of demons, and Pop, Mortarian appears with a bunch of his Death Shroud Terminators. Yeah, but they're all jacked at this point in time, so he makes, well, no, 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 buddy, I'm saying, as far as Jack, I'm saying he gives the worst pitch ever. Oh, Mortarian's useless here. Mortarian shows up after worst Connor. sales pitch of all time. Yeah, but it's Mortarian. I mean, I mm. love Mortarian, but, but did anyone of us think Mortarian could was going to be a good salesman? No. Yeah. Mortarian tries to convince Khan because he looks at Khan as a as a peer, and like you also just you know are a weapon of the Imperium. You should you should join me over here. And you should join us and, and fight with Horus. And... Which is also 10 minutes ago, yeah. Magnus just explained how the source of all evil is what you're using. And was like, no, man. Like, no. Yeah, like, like, like why would I join you? You're literally on the side of evil. And Mortarian's like, but it'd be cool. <laughs> and so, no surprise, they start fighting. Um, 
Because Mortarian is the world's worst negotiator. Yeah, the, 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 Mortarian's got a, a process, and Mortarian's process is destroy everything. Slowly but surely. Yeah, his world of, like, let me negotiate. He, Horace got the gene. Yeah. Yeah. Horace should have probably showed up to make the. He should have yeah. closed the deal. If you were, if you got a set amount of character building points, you know, you took all of the charisma from Mortarian and gave, and gave oh, that's that a over dump, to Horace. That is a yeah. dump stat. That yeah. is a dump stat from Mortarian. Dump stat. Yeah, Mortarian just has no purpose. His charisma is a one. How He's low can I set game. this? I'm taking it to yeah, that. I, I need these for other things. I need these for toughness. I'm going to maximize toughness. <laughs> <laughs> but so these two fight. And it's, it becomes pretty evident quickly that Khan's getting a little bit better of the fight. And Mortarian just says, all right, I tried, and bails off world. And, and just teleports out. Problem for Khan is Khan's just stuck on the planet. All of his ships up, up top, to make a Star Trek reference, all the teleporter pads are currently being fought over by loyalists and traitors within his own legion. Well, shit. It shit's not going well. How about yeah. That? Luckily, there may or may not be a super powerful Thousand Sun Sorcerer. Who and is armored with so much plot armor. It's I, <laughs> I really like it, it is kind of sad playing, you know, now we're in the 10th edition of this game. I think Arvita should be at least should exist somewhere in the game, but he doesn't. He's wildly powerful. Yeah. But why doesn't he exist? He then uses psychic power to transport Khan himself. Whole and all of the legion yeah. onto the bridge of the capital ship and khan is not super psyched about what's going down yeah and proceeds to put on his boots of mighty ass kicking and start thunder doming everyone yeah. that is not loyalist also not real big on negotiating yeah he turns this thing Ooh. on and immediately at this point decides after multiple detours, maybe I should listen to Rogel Dorn in the first place. Terra. Yeah. But not completely. He just kind of turns his lead <laughs> in, in, in the direction. <laughs> so he's like, I have to go back to Terra. He did pick up like groceries, but and... on the way I'm going to just, and the liquor store do a couple <laughs> bumpers into people who annoy me. So he decides to go back through and as he's going back towards earth, decide. Way, oh, is there traitors I, over I, here? I need to pause I'm on this. Go F them. I really think that Khan was completely ineffectual. He succeeded in every single thing he wanted to do, and all of them had almost no effect on the outcome. Yeah. But they were just all dick moves. Yeah. He just well, kept stopping at random places, beating up someone and leaving, and no one even knew what the hell was happening. Yeah, like, Why are you here? Because uh, you guys are traitors. Like, all right, shouldn't you be back at Earth? Yeah, I'm on my way. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's really what happened. Yeah. He just stops in, beats people up. They're like, "Man, what the hell, dude? Yeah. Cool. Why? Like, be be better." Now, from there, we're gonna jump to what, who I still we do believe. Have, we do have to make a quick pause, and I know we've said this a couple times during the cast so far, but I do have to stress because we started at the beginning. All of this is happening at the exact yeah. time. Yeah, these are not. This is not linear. We don't this, go yeah. from one to the next. Yeah, these are. We, when I say one next, we are literally jumping to another side of the galaxy, starting back from where we were talking. Right. Before. These are all happening right now. Like mm -hmm. these, everything is going on at the exact same time, which is very important to know because none of this works if it's in 
linear progression. Well, linear progression, you could have interv- you, you could intervene. The idea here is this all happens everywhere, so there's no intervention. There's just it just happens. So we're gonna jump to what is sadly maybe for some of your opinion my favorite uh, space marine uh, faction, which is so funny because the ultramarines. It's the ultramarines. No one has ever been sent on a more glorious snipe hunt than Bobby G and the Ultramarines. The Ultramarines are someone I enjoy, but I also own 11 armies. So it's, and they are the only, well, them and Guard are my only two Imperium armies. And I just brought one back today. They are, they are fantastic. So the Ultramarines, Horus knew from the onset were not turnable. Of all the people you can bring to Chaos, Ultramarines and Dark Angels, and we'll get to Dark Angels later. I know you're all thinking it. Uh, but he thought he could never turn the Ultramarines and the Dark Angels. So he decides, screw the Ultramarines. I'm sending them to the uh, on a milk run to the other side of the galaxy. With the originators of the Horus yes. So he tells Bobby G that there's an orc infestation that he has to go deal with over on the other side of the galaxy. Literally the other yes, side. The other side. Like, like where is where is it Horace is trying to go? Cool. What's the other side of the everything from that? Yeah. You're going there. And he sends them over there to kill the orcs. This is actually a big deal, though, because, and they made a thing about it in multiple books and stories, he super needed Bobby G, for all you guys that like Ultramarines, he knew that if Robot Gulliman was on Terra, he wasn't taking Oh, yeah, Terra. that war was over. It, it's, it's over immediately. He just couldn't have the Gilliman best tactician and Dorn, in the galaxy. Yeah, Gilliman and Dorn together, there's no, it's over. You could, you could get more. It doesn't matter how many. That's over. Yeah. yeah. So surprise, surprise. And I also should quick mention, he does this before Istvan. This is actually a, this is one of his many before moves, much like the Sanguinius move. These all were done before. So no, so Gilliman thinks it's weird that he's being asked to bring his entire legion to go fight orcs, and he has to do it with the word bearers. Which he has no connection no, with. And doesn't animal. really like. Well, he has one connection to it. He did burn their their capital city. <laughs> true. Yeah. It's, it's true. Actually, he didn't even just do that. He did it multiple times, yeah. actually. So he he's, was... the, the, surprise, surprise, this is a trap. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, man, the guy that I set fire to all the shit that yeah. he did, the planet, and he also kind of did it on several other things yeah. because they had the small in, they had the small ones before the big Be- before one. the big one. You remember? Don't do that. Don't do that. I told you not to do that. And here's the consequences. Welcome to the ultimate of consequences. So the word bearers. As yeah, they're not as they super excited the Emperor, about that. Really hate the Ultramarines. And so Horus decides, and my opinion here, I believe Horus always knew the word bearers were both a useless fighting force, but in comparison <laughs> to the other ones, but also completely untrustworthy, decides, I'll just two birds, one stone this thing. I'll send the Ultramarines over there, and I'll send the word bearers to get their asses kicked by the Ultramarines. So I did a little foreshadow there, but we know what's going to happen here. I mean, so the- they did start out winning hardcore. Yeah, I mean, out of nowhere, because the Ultramarines are the ultimate rule followers, they believe everyone else is rule followers. So why would someone attack me out of nowhere? So the Ultramarines are engaging on call, and the word bearers arrive late, sort of, and out of nowhere just attack. And actually, initially, do really well. They capture ships. 
they start demolishing ships in orbit. They actually damage Gilliman's ship so much that he actually has to retreat with his capital ship yep. back into the warp. Um, they are doing... In fact, one kind of cool story here is Lorgar uses the I don't know, teleprompter to call to call Gilliman. Oh, this is the best. He's like, he gives him the housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> and Gilliman answers the phone call saying, hey, Definitely what's up? Definitely not demon incursion. <laughs> yeah, and, and Lorgar uses this to launch a ton of demons into Gilliman's ship. Uh, to which Gilliman has to fight off and retreats to the word bearers. Which is usual. No one talks about the fact that there's just like so many random Imperial Guardsmen that run the ship. Yeah, there's a random dude. Decimated. There was a dude just in the kitchen cooking food for, I mean, and and imagine like cooking food for a space Marine. It's not, you know, it is like, here's 14 pounds of meat. (laughs) I don't know. He's just working his butt off and out of nowhere, a bloodthirster appears next to him and stabs him and runs away giggling. Like all the Marines fight off the guys and you're like, yeah, but Commsman Billy didn't really pull up yeah, this he one. He just said, like, can someone help? Like, <laughs> hey, nine-foot guy, can you sh- deal with the, this thing here? Yeah, it'd be super cool if you could reconnect my arm, which is somewhere yeah. over on the other place. So, so the word bears are, at this point, just really pushing into Gilliman. The fleet is having to retreat from orbit, leaving the planet just completely exposed. And the word bears decide, we're going down to the planet to map Ooh, the, to bad decision. these guys up. Yeah, the issue is that the, the Ultramarines are tacticians i mean this is their specialty they the ultramarines pull off three ultra combos that's another reference to an old game yeah and rick roll holy shit beat the word bears down yeah i mean just ruin them there there is no other they just crushed them just crushed the word bears are coming in the word bears had everything the ultramarines just start noticing habits that's what the ultramarines are very good they notice habits they discover the habits within the word bears and just exploit them and counterattack. So the word bears now start getting pushed back, then they're losing. Now, flip side to where the word bears do here is they were doing this in twofold. One, they were trying to kill the ultramarines, but I think they realized that was the, never going to happen. Their real plan was to do their their sorcerers. They're yeah. spelled the well. They're not as good as the Thousand Suns, but they are. Demon, where they're the first devotees of chaos. Yeah, they're the, they actually are the original corrupted legion. Right. Yeah. So they they are the probably the best at ritual magic, which is mm-hmm. literally what they're doing. Is they're doing a witchcraft, and they're going to, I guess, curse the planet just and close it. the warp. Yep. That and so what happened? What they were, what they were doing effectively was trapping the ultramarines on this far side of the galaxy to, as Brad mentioned earlier, keep them out of the fight. And they begin closing this trap around them. But Gilliman figured that one out. Um, so Gilliman like realizes as it's happening. As it happened, goes, oh, I see what you're doing. I am kicking your ass. And you're hoping that while I'm kicking your ass, I don't notice all of your buddies closing all the doors. So Gilliman grabs his fleet, jumps out of system. And there's a side story here where we're not going to go into about he does leave quite a few of his ultramarines behind Dying. who are stuck fighting what remains of the word bearers. They did beat the shit up. Yeah. Well, in, in the subterraneanly, there's a whole thing in Kalth where they're fighting the hero of Kalth. The hero of Kalth. We will, it comes back post heresy. We can we get they, more of they that. They have a really bad model for him, but he is terrible. Um, 
we're going to jump now back to the Imperium. So Malkador realizes that Horus is a real threat. There's also the thing that Malkador might be able to experience time differently. Actually, than we should else. probably mention real quick, let's do a quick side note. Brad, who's Malkador? The Emperor's best bro and another perpetual. And the second most powerful psyker in humanity? Yeah, but the, the big thing is in on this because I actually, they've made reference to it a couple times that I think that he actually experiences time differently because he's so connected to the warp. Oh, okay. That he know they never just straight up, they make references to it because he is so, is such a powerful psyker. It's kind of like the precog thing where he sees what's going on. Right. So he knows that this battle happened here and then they teleport it over. And then, you know, again, warp travel, manipulating time happens before he knows that that's going on, even though he's not in that. And throughout the heresy, interesting with Malkador, that I, at least I noticed was Malkador seems to be the one leading the effort against Horus. We don't really hear the emperor doing it. It's always Malkador. He's still doing his project, which is weird. He's got a lot of blinders on during yeah, this. The emperor, again, we're, the overarching theme of the emperor is the emperor is a selfish dick. Key theme here. It's like I heard things are falling apart. Yeah, I'm building the addition on the house. Go away. Yeah, I'm, I'm busy over here. I don't know why you guys are bothering me. Yeah. He, was, he would be the world's worst fireman. So Malkador decides that Horus has to die. And begins sending assassins after We're Horus. getting devastated. Yeah, it, it turns out sending... And let's talk about the assassins for a minute. So there are multiple houses. What do they call it? There's just different groups of assassins. And there are Vindicares. There's Eversaurs. There's Colexus. And each of them have their own specialty. Either shooting, combat, deception. Weird, deception. They, they all work. And they're saying them like kind of one at a time after Horus. They are getting Rickrolled. Yeah, not even but, close. But also, we have to pause on this because it's a big thing that we do need to talk about what Horus is, which no one knows, and even Malkador probably doesn't know at this point in time, which Horus is fully starting to be chaos-infused at this yeah. point. This isn't Horus. This is Horus 2.0. You're not trying to kill a human. You're trying to kill right. a man. Like, and, I mean, if they're Primarchs or even humans, you're not trying to even kill a superhuman. You're trying to kill a superhuman in fused with, with demons all four chaos mm -hmm. gods juicing you up because mm -hmm. he has made deals with all of them at this point in time he is pinnacle of horus at this point in time so they decide malkador decides all right one assassin time isn't enough we're going to go throw all of them we'll grab one from every every group which is another big deal that we go assassins just don't fail yeah before oh, this. yes good point this is this is he sent one at a time because why wouldn't I? They always kill whenever yeah. we send them to get. And it's not even close, by the way. They they, they don't wound Horus. They're no, they get him. smoked. Yeah, it's like just gone. So they decide to put these assassins together. And one kind of cool footnote on this is the Imperium doesn't acknowledge assassins exist. <laughs> this is, is one of these things in the in the story where like. Because even the Imperium, as much as we all like to kind of shit talk them, they wanted to be the good guys. So the good guys wouldn't use evil, evil infused with name it power assassins. I mean, if you ever want to have a fun story, read about Eversor assassins and how they make those things. Um, super jacked. Yeah, it's like, whoa. Well, you okay. can go with the Calidus. 
The cal- uh, cal- Actually, cal- sorry, the Caluxus. The Caluxus, yeah, the Caluxus is probably the worst one. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah, not not happy place. Psychic so, blanks, they get tortured forever. Not cool. Yeah, so that's what these things are. So they are these incredible beings, and they decide to bring six of them together and go kill Horus. And they've got, a, they've got a planet in mind. They've got a target in mind. They realize that there's a planet that Horus liberated for the Emperor called Dagonet. And Dagonet is this really impressive, I guess, hive world? It's, uh, I guess I would probably put it at, um, where it's, it's critical. It's got manufacturing. It's got everything you're going to need. The issue is that Dagonet went into complete rebellion during the Horus Heresy because... But it's another one of those half and halves, though. Yeah, because half of the population, which is the populace, love the Emperor. But the leadership there were yeah, loyal he, to Horus. Horus corrupted all of the ruling class, but the people are effectively almost... They, they were one of the planets that are already almost worshipping the Emperor yeah. as a god. Yeah, and so they love him. They love the Emperor. So now you've got a full rebellion. It's a it's a standard, like, French Revolution. It's bottom-up re- re- rebellion coming up. So they realize Horus is going to Dagonet. This is their chance. Little detour here into everyone's favorite chaplain, Erebus. <laughs> Erebus, during all these assassination attempts towards Horus realizes, well, why can't I play this game? Why don't we get an assassin and we'll just go kill the emperor with an assassin? And he ends up through blind luck or whatever, getting control of a very special assassin called the Black Pariah. The Black Pariah was a specially made Calexus assassin who was an incredible blank. And real quick detour, a blank is someone who not only is immune to psychic powers, but actually absorbs psychic powers. So if you put a blank next to a sorcerer, the sorcerer can't cast. Right. And it, because they don't exist in the world. Yeah. So it actually draws warp energy in. So you can imagine the power one of these has. Chaos can't see them because they don't exist. So they're this in, insane force. And this one was made by mankind to be the most powerful assassin ever. And then falls into the hands of chaos... No bueno. Who then infuse this blank super assassin with the powers of chaos to make what is effectively the most powerful assassin. The assassins eventually make a planet side. They split up to go and track down Horus. The prize smokes two of them. Yeah, the prize just comes out of nowhere. So now they've got a problem. They've got to kill Horus and they've got to kill this pariah. Because the one thing about assassins is they also realize this pariah is not there to kill assassins it's it will after this it's kind of funny because the vindicare is super psyched thinks he shoots horus in the head because horus is giving a speech however it's a huge setup because they kind of already knew which they should have known because they already know assassins are on the planet so they body double horus it doesn't actually work and the the uh, the funny part about this is that they kill Horus's body double, and then Horus decides to slaughter the entire planet. Yeah, he wasn't super excited that someone shot at him, even yeah. if it wasn't him. So at this stage, the assassins have realized that their mission is a failure, and they have no chance of killing Horus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nope, you're right. No yeah, chance. Yeah, Absolutely no, no chance. chance whatsoever. <laughs> Which is, by the way, one of the books. It's laughable. Horus catches one of the assassins. 
holds him down like you would your little brother, like basically palms his head and explains to him how pointless it is. Also, that he knew about them. The whole time. Yeah, but he just wanted to see what they could do. And of course, at this point, Horus is fully committed to the chaos and doesn't really care that the assassin killed a bunch of people on his ship. It's just like, I kind of want to know your capabilities. Eh, Let's see how it works out. That was funny. So given that, they decide, all right, well, plan B, uh, let's go kill this black pariah before it kills the emperor. So they decided to go after that. This one, Brad, was successful. It takes one of them sacrificing themselves and then the other one shooting him. But the Vindicare does get him in the end and he is removed. Least favorite assassin. Everyone's favorite assassin. Everyone loves <laughs> a good sniper on a... Does have a good hammer and bolter episode. So the funny part of this, though, is that this is where like, this, the fall of the word bearers within Horus continues. Um, Horus discovers that this black pariah thing exists. Its entire purpose was to kill the emperor. And Brad, what was it Horus really, really wanted to do? Kill the Emperor. So... Not his favorite thing. Also, Erebus is the biggest douche in the galaxy. (laughs) I don't know about any other galaxy, but for sure in the Milky Way, Erebus is trashed here. Yeah, he gets a little bit mad at Erebus and explains to him... I want to go into this just a little bit. Because of the fact that this is about the time the Wordbearers fall out of favor because of the fact that Horus is still led by the fact that he is the good guy doing bad things to do the right thing, even though he's doing a bunch of bad things. But his overall goal, the ends justify any means, absolutely. But the word bearers, for him, they don't have honor. They're not doing it for the right reasons. Huge air quotations, well, by the way. Well, the, the word the problem with the word bearers, the word bearers were are weirdly they think they're the puppet master, and Horus is the puppet. Uh, Horus thinks he's the puppet master, and everyone else is the puppet. And we're going to cover more in later episodes of like how far this fall between Horus and the word bearers get. Of yeah, I mean the word bearers are probably closer to correct though. Horus, you're going to defeat your father. He did you wrong. You need to show him that you are right but not only you're not just showing him that you're right you're showing him that you're more powerful in your righteousness and that's that's why he's so angry about the assassin being sent is i don't get to basically justify all my actions again we talked about earlier the assassins weren't even like canon for the imperium they were a secret piece of the imperium because they felt this type of the type of warfare was wrong and so when you're then trying to say that the Imperium is wrong and that they're the evil ones and then you do their thing, but worse. Way worse, yeah, by the way. But to circle back before this moment, they have now, the Black Pariah is dead. Horus is not. So, I mean, technically they did assassinate something. And the Black Pariah was, didn't want to be the Black Pariah, which is yeah. another thing. The yeah, Black it's... Pariah was literally a, I don't even know how to explain it on this one. It's a, demonic infused assassin we'll definitely have to do an episode on how assassins are made because it basically takes all the joy of making a space marine and uh and adds completely horrific horror i mean i'm being facetious about the joy of making a space marine there this is the assassin the product of making of an assassin is borderline chaos yeah and and then the black pariah is hey was chaos yeah 
we we heard you did something that was just awful and we wanted to add yeah, to that yeah, we want we want in on this yeah we we heard it was the worst thing ever and we were like mm, is it though we can make it just a little bit we can we can make it 10 yeah, percent shittier we can, we can improve on this so at this point they come to the realization that the assassinations of horace are just not going to work they can't use assassins on him unless <laughs> and the whole that first story was a setup for the second story because the second story is a lot more funny when if you don't succeed at first with all your assassins know what you do why don't you send the angriest of your primarchs to go deal with this with his super special spear so assassination attempt mark two after attempting to assassinate Horus, they decide with the number of assassins, Malkador gets together with one of Brad's true buddies in life, Lehman Ross. Spirit animal. <laughs> Spirit animal. So what was Lehman's viewpoint of how to handle Horus, Brad? Punch now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, get drunk first, then punch yeah, now. Get drunk, punch Horus. So, well, I mean, specifically stab Horus with said spear, but... That was still the plan. That's still the plan. So they decide at this point, all right, we can't kill Horus. What if we just wreck him and slow him down? So Lehman's sent also, over to go deal with my Horus. my God, the Space Wolves have such an impressive win record, and it is all in spite of their terrible... Ta I love the Space Wolves, by the way. Oh, you're incredible. But God damn, their tactics are awful. They literally just go, hey, what's your plan? We're going to bomb into the vengeful Horus's flagship the vengeful spirit mm -hmm. we're gonna bomb the vengeful spirit and we're gonna do so much damage that Lehman is going to YOLO swagons in with a couple dudes and just go for it yeah, their entire plan was we talked about before they were trying to set up in prior assassination attempts maybe we can draw him out here and we can do this thing here and Lehman Russ went Oh, I know where, where Horus's ship is. I'll just warp. I'll jump out of warp pits into that, attack the ship. J me and a bunch of my buddies. With will, no plan yeah, of like how they're going to get out. a door, apparently. Run into the ship. Fight our way through all of them. And then kill Horus. And everyone, because the problem with Lehman Russ telling this plan is you can't say, hey, dude, that's a stupid plan. Because it's worked so many times. Yeah. His plans are always terrible. They're Aragorn plans. Yeah. I'm just going to go in and we're going this way. And everyone went, all right, go that way. Isn't it a suicide mission? And so Lehman goes to his legion, the Space Wolves, says the Space Wolves, Brad, hey, a bunch of, hey, Space Wolves, me, your Primark is going to go on a suicide mission. Who wants to come with me? Everybody did. <laughs> Let's do this. All this is going to work for sure. Yeah, there is no, why are you calling it a suicide mission? This sounds awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in. I've already started panning in what the scalds are going to sing about. Yeah, like, We're golden. Let's do this. And that's exactly what they do. They show up in system. Weirdly enough, it almost works. Yeah. And they blast into the ship. Again, this is Horus's main fleet. Not, they didn't trick Horus into getting himself alone yep. on a planet. They went, where's Horus? He's with his whole fleet. Cool. Okay, so I'm going to go there. And They basically slammed their fleet into the fleet yeah. to get him close enough to the Vengeful Spirit. Yeah. And then he just Runs. punched his yeah. way through. He doesn't even teleport onto the bridge. Yeah. He punches his yeah. way 
through the whole ship. Just drives a ship into the other ship, gets out of said ship in the new ship, and begins fighting everyone he can find in the ship, not knowing where Horus is, just going, well, if I just keep killing them, obviously killing I'll end up everyone. in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> and also, he is like freaked out, though, because the whole ship is wackily corrupted. There's like yeah. basically tentacles shooting out. There's corrupted... Uh, the Skitari, yeah, there the are back are there. demons, there are... Like, there, in the ship, it's yeah. just... And he, and again, to the people that don't really know about the warp, you're like, hey, man, what the shit is going yeah. on right now? But, but of course... Right to the Space Wolves, their viewpoint is, hey, what the shit is that? Let's see what happens when we stab it. Yeah, oh, it exactly. Dies. Cool, next thing. So this is super <laughs> weird, but yeah, I'm not going to break stride even for a moment. Yeah. I'm going to continue yeah. to run this way and kill everyone. And every them. Space Wolf player who's listening is like, Exactly. Yeah, it is true. This is why space wolves are awesome. Their viewpoint is I'm going from point A to point B. Everything between those two points, I'm stabbing. And like, and I love the note of this. It, it is a big deal. John puts, they fought their way to, and they find out that Horus, his brother, is heavily corrupted, but that doesn't really do it justice. Horus is infused again with all four chaos gods. He is a chaos monstrosity at this point in yeah. time and he also emanates chaos power he has a pulsing wave of chaos coming off of him so horace but horace tries to talk to lehman lehman is listens to him i really think that lehman only listened to him because he was so like stunned by yeah, dude what is wrong with exactly you? Yeah. what the yeah. shit is he just shows, he's effectively that people like your best friend has walked into your house with a mike tyson tattoo on his face I mean, and you just, he, just stare at it for a minute like what's <laughs> happening here yeah and i then, mean he literally was he looks like the the transformation to abomination basically yeah. from marvel you're just like hey man it took me a second to go what the shit is going on with yeah. you it, he he lets him give his whole speech and then finishes the speech and, by going... Yeah, but I, I really doesn't even think he had listened to the speech. I really think it took him a second to go, dude, you're super weird right now. Because yeah. Lehman Russ is uh, not known to be the... you know, And screw the novel, because they, they make him out to be clever. Lehman Russ, to me, and will always be the dude that punches first, asks questions later. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's, in, that's his legion. Their whole purpose is this. And to give him credit, he is never, rever, rever, rever going to win. Horace is on all of them. He tested positive for yes, check yeah. all. Oh yeah, this is this is a battle, and Lehman knew this. Lehman knew he couldn't kill Horace. Lehman was literally here just to stab Horace. And you can take this from two different perspectives. You get the perspective of clever Lehman, where he just he knows if he can wound Horace, maybe he can help him, and blah blah blah. Or my viewpoint, where he just wanted to stab Horace. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to punch my way through you. And he just was like, I'm just going to fight my way through everything also, and stab you. Giving the space with people props. Horace did, I mean, sorry, Lehman Russ did effectively start in the aft of the ship. Yeah, and, and fought to the bridge. Yeah, yeah, beat the shit out of yeah. everyone. Every, demons corrupted space marines did not matter didn't matter i'm going through all of you he was just trying to check how many like different things he could kill on his way there he was on a he had a quest in warcraft and yeah, basically and he was like i need to make sure i kill one of everything doing this <laughs> at this point horus now is not gonna have any more of this they are fighting yes and horus 
I'm sorry. Gouges. Yeah, so effectively gouges Lehman Russ while Lehman stabs him with his Spear of Russ. The cool thing about Spear of Russ is Spear of Russ is one of the more powerful. It's an artifact of holy power. I don't even know what to say. And this suddenly pulls all of the chaos corruption out of Horus. And Lehman is looking at his original brother. and gives him a chance. However, Horus is already <laughs> rationalized why he is right. Yeah. Now, again, I, I think this goes back to way we did this two casts ago mm-hmm. when Horus has already rationalized all bad behavior, not just because he's chaos and corrupted, but everything that he was, he already knew. He saw the visions of the future. Mm-hmm. He knew he had to do terrible, terrible things. But he has already convinced himself that he is in the right. Then he obviously accepts a bunch of corrupted gifts to make him a living embodiment of chaos. But Horace has already internally already accepted the fact that I am right. I've rationalized any literally any behaviors that happen from now till I accomplish my goal. Anything I do is I am I am the right person in this argument. Exactly. Horace, when given a chance by Russ to stop his rebellion, says no. And it gives a reason though. That's when he knows he's he's never gonna stop. That's when Russ and everybody, I mean the readers know that Horace will never stop because uncorrupted Horace still believes now yep. that he is in the right of this decision to stop the emperor who he now thinks is going to destroy mankind. And he is already convinced and the only person that he needs to convince himself yep. that he is right. And then to give more space with props, he drops the people's elbow on Lehman. Oh yeah. And a bunch of space wolves who know for sure they are going to get wrecked body block. Just drop him. And this is, I mean, this is one of the coolest stories we're talking about, because we talk about a lot about how much the Legion members love their Primarch. I don't think any of them love their, their, their Primarch. No one likes their Primarch as much as Lehman Russ. And so, space was, yeah. so here we are. Horus is about to kill Lehman Russ. Horus is a monstrosity Because he also power. juices, but he effectively walks back and powers back and up. powers back up. And what they do as a result is his... his because once Space he basically wolves. pulls the spear out, mm-hmm. he infuses it, it, it. The chaos all comes back in. Yeah. And the, the, the Space Wolves just jump on him, for lack of a better. Just literally, they, just, body, just they literally pile, body block they him. They gain top of, They knock Horus to the ground with so many bodies while, while, while they the get, Space Wolves pull Lehman Russ back through the ship, yep. fighting this. And there are Space Wolves for Space Wolves just sacrificing themselves so that they are the literally doesn't die. They are literally jumping into the wood chipper because maybe the next person that jumps into the wood chipper stalls the wood chipper. Yeah, stalls the wood chipper. And they do this. And eventually they do get Lehman back. He's drugged back to the ship and he does escape back. Now, the sad part of this is between this, Prospero, the attack by Alpha Legion, the Space Wolves are pretty jacked up now. They're they're less than 25% of their original fighting Also, force. in their escape, they end up going into roll the dice 
into yep. the warp. Yeah, they are. They they literally set the the course to not here. That is the, yep. the, the so, that is the, the plug in course to somewhere that isn't right now here, and the, then they jump super far away. Unfortunately, the only advantage out of this is that Horus is actually pretty badly wounded at this stage. He uh, the, he the, never the, gets unwounded from this. He, he he carries this. So what happens after this stage is Horus is now severely wounded. And we'll keep this as a bit more linear. The challenge is, much like what happened you know, before, Horus now is again comatose and dying. So, well, what worked last time? Let's go talk to the Chaos Gods. Let's talk to the Chaos Gods. And again, they throw Horus's soul into the Immaterium. This is where Horus becomes less Horus and more just puppet for the chaos gods. he makes it he has to make a new deal with the chaos god a shitty shitty deal yeah, his first deal was the you get a freeze try a free trial yeah come on in why don't you work with us we'll we'll help you a little bit this one is Horus gave him his soul and his legion he's a over to the chaos he's full puppet style on this this is where Horus becomes not Horus. up until right now Horus is still Horus. Horus is still possibly redeemable. Even though Horus has rationalized all of his behavior, he's still Horus. He actually still thinks he is doing the right. I'm going to do a bunch of bad acts, but I'm still doing the right thing. Once he does this, this is the actual true failing of Horus. Horus finally goes, this is where Horus does wrong. I mean, he does wrong or whatever. But. Well, Horus, at this point, he gives himself over. Up until this point, Horus felt he had control. Horus believed that, that he was leading it and the Chaos Gods were his allies. At this stage, well, he At becomes, this point, he still thinks that they're not even allies. He thinks he's using Chaos. Yeah. And then at, at this stage, he actually does give himself over to them so that to achieve this, this is goal. the weak moment of Horus. This is where Horus loses control of himself and becomes a puppet of the Chaos Gods. Well, this feels like a really good point to break right here. So let's recap. So, so far, traders have thrust themselves into a spread of attacks all over the Loyalist forces. The Loyalists are actually largely winning the skirmishes. I mean, Dark Angels are doing fine. Blood Angels are doing pretty well. But they are battered and they are bruised. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back on it. John says this and goes, they're kind of doing well. The problem is they are winning 90% of the fights. The 10% of the fights that they don't win are holy crap slaughter fest stuff. Yeah. We're, when we're, when they lose, they true. lose <laughs> bad, bad. Like, Chaos is losing by a point or two. It went to a judge's decision. When Chaos wins, it is a first round knockout. Everyone's dead. And also, yeah. they punch the guy in the corner. Like, there are no Raven Guard right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying just that. The bunch of guys kind of hanging out like hey remember everyone else yeah the so in our next episode we're going to focus on the last of these stories of corruption and the, the theme we're, that we're trying to tell you all here is this idea that chaos to brett's point they're winning the key things but they're starting to, to fray the edges of chaos are starting to fray where they just if they were organized you got this and they're Laughably. just starting to fall apart and our last little bit piece here is going to dive more heavily into how that goes. Once again, this is John Barsati and Brad Chester. This guy.
please, we now have a Discord. We'd love you guys to join it. It's in the show notes. We also have a Facebook page. Please join, communicate with us. We want to hear what you guys want to know. We want to hear all the things we got wrong, primarily all the things that Brad got wrong. And so we can then post Aww. it all to all to see. <laughs> uh, but join us, converse with us. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. I was, I was going to go with too.